From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Friday the 16th of December 2022. Good afternoon. In today's Spotlight story, we run through Japan's new military build-up. This isn't the only thing happening in the world though, so we'll run through three of today's other important stories. And in our exclusive Nebula section, we'll have a look at whether inflation has peaked. But first, how is Japan changing its military? Japan has approved a new national security strategy in what's set to be the country's biggest military build-up since the Second World War. The $320 billion five-year shake-up of its security strategy will see Japan ramp up its security expenditure from 1% of GDP to 2% by 2027, bringing it in line with the NATO standard. The big hike in spending will be financed by an increase in corporation taxes, tobacco taxes and more. According to Reuters, it'll make Japan the world's third biggest military spender after the United States and China, based on current budgets. Given its actions in World War II and its defeat at the hand of the Allied forces, Japan has operated a strictly self-defense-only post-war principle. It has self-defense forces rather than armed forces, and post-war governments in Japan have largely prioritized economic growth while relying on American forces stationed in the country for its security capabilities. With China, North Korea and Russia located not too far from China, the new security strategy says Japan faces the severest and most complicated national security environment since the end of the war. Meanwhile, Russia's invasion of Ukraine has shaken the foundations of the international order. It says the strategic challenges posed by China is the biggest Japan has ever faced. It's with these things in mind that Japan is overhauling six decades of post-war security policy. So what exactly is Japan planning on doing? The biggest departure from its pacifist stance is perhaps Japan's plan to acquire what it calls counter-strike capabilities, which would give Japan the ability to strike other nations that may threaten its safety and security. Prime Minister Fumio Kishida said Japan would remain committed to its strictly self-defense stance, but that counter-strike capability is essential to deter an attack. Japan will reportedly buy up to 500 American-made Tomahawk cruise missiles, which have a range of over 1,200 kilometers, and will also triple the number of military units equipped with ballistic missile interception capabilities. Japan will also increase its military presence in its southernmost islands, recognize its self-defense forces under a newly appointed permanent joint command, and stockpile ammunition, spare parts, and more. Given Japan's military history and atrocities in World War II, military buildup has long been a difficult and sensitive issue in the country and further afield. The US has welcomed Japan's announcement. However, the acquisition of counter-strike capabilities and strengthening of rhetoric around China is sure to be met with anger from Beijing. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. It's been reported this week that the mayor of Istanbul has been sentenced to prison. Ekrem Imamoglu was found guilty in a Turkish court of calling members of Turkey's Supreme Election Council fools in a press release more than three years ago. As a result, he's been handed a two-year and seven-month prison sentence and is additionally banned from politics. 
The latter part of his punishment has led some to suggest that his prison sentence is politically motivated and is a way for President Erdogan to sideline a potential rival. Turkey will go to the polls in June 2023 to elect their next president. In preparation for this, it appears that the ruling AKP party is cracking down on members of their rival CHP party, with other key figures also receiving jail sentences. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. A lot has happened since the news broke a few days ago of an alleged Qatari influence campaign in the European Parliament. Greek MEP Eva Kaili, who is perhaps the most high-profile individual at the centre of the scandal, was stripped of her position as a vice president of the parliament after she was arrested and charged with corruption. Her partner, Francesco Giorgi, who has also been arrested and charged, has reportedly admitted to Belgian authorities that he took bribes from Qatar and Morocco while insisting that his partner is innocent. As the scandal widens, it's raised questions about the parliament as a whole. So, the body's president, Roberta Metzola, has announced planned reforms that include banning unofficial friendship groups with other countries, greater protections for whistleblowers, a review of the MEP's code of conduct, and more. Elon Musk is still caught in controversy in relation to his moderation plans for Twitter. Yesterday, at least seven prominent journalists were suspended from the social media platform, including Ryan Mack of the New York Times, Donnie O'Sullivan of CNN, and Drew Hartwell of the Washington Post. They appeared to have been suspended after tweeting about ElonJet, a Twitter account set up by a 20-year-old student that uses publicly available information to tweet where Musk's private jet flies to and from. Musk has long taken issue with the account, which was eventually removed this week when Twitter announced a new policy to prevent users from sharing people's live location data. Musk referenced an incident involving his son and a crazy stalker and said that he was taking legal action against the student who set up the Elon Jet account, although it's unclear how the incident is related to the tracking of his private jet. The New York Times called the suspension of the journalists questionable and unfortunate, while CNN journalist Donnie O'Sullivan said the move was significant for the potentially chilling impact it could have on journalists trying to cover Musk and his companies. In the final uplifting story today, we have a look at a story about two people overcoming their political differences for a charitable cause. Earlier in the week, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, was engaged in a heated exchange with the leader of the right-wing ACT Party, David Seymour. Upon finishing her reply to Mr Seymour, Ardern sat down and, believing that her microphone was off, called him an arrogant prick, in a comment that she presumably only wanted the person sitting next to her to hear. This caused quite a bit of backlash in the media in the days that followed. However, both Mrs Ardern and Mr Seymour have managed to turn this rather negative story into a positive one. They've printed out the Hansard record of the exchange, both signed it and framed it, and they're going to auction it off, with the proceeds going to the Prostate Cancer Foundation. About this idea, Seymour said that a couple of people suggested parts of the idea. I put it together and suggested it to the Prime Minister, and she got it immediately. So I think it's a great Kiwi ending to what could have been a nasty incident. That's all we have time for on YouTube, but if you want to see our discussion of whether inflation has actually peaked, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Now might be the time to do it, as there's an offer which gets you a year of membership for less than $1 a month. 
That's huge because Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. They also get access to a ton of other exclusive ad-free TLDR content, as well as videos from all your favourite creators. The good news is, like I mentioned, our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers you some of the world's best documentaries, is offering an incredible deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $12 a year. That's all the documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream, and then more TLDR content on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than a dollar a month, a deal which doesn't last long, and support the channel.